Can the three persons of God be found in the Bible? Were they invented in the New Testament? Is the Holy Spirit really a person or just the power and energy of God? Okay, we're going to look at what we commonly call uh, the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, as Christians or as followers of Jesus, uh, we worship one God. Accusations float around that we believe in three gods or that we're polytheists or tritheists, uh, which we don't and we are not. We believe in a triune God, uh, which we refer to as the Trinity or the triunity. Now, some Jews say you cannot be Jewish and believe in the Trinity. Well, let's take a look. Uh, some say the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, uh, the word Bible is not in the Bible. The English word Trinity is simply a title given to a set of beliefs about the nature of God. Doctrinal titles can be helpful in communication with one another. The plurality of God. Let's examine some key descriptions of God. Uh, now, our English translations can be trusted. I know very little uh, Biblical Hebrew and Greek, but when I look up a word in a lexicon, I'm amazed at how well translated our Bibles are. It's like, yeah, that, that is what it means, um, at least for the word-by-word -word translations anyway. Um, now, when it comes to important topics such as this, it's good to dig into the original language and lean on the hard work of those who have researched this. In this case, Arnold Frutenbaum, which um, I give a lot of credit for, for the shape and uh, many of the selected passages in this video. Uh, but I have been through every single verse myself to make sure that the Hebrew in particular is correct. So uh, we're so blessed today to have online resources and software now that can assist with research. So um, let's take a look. The word Elohim. We don't have to search far in the Bible. You, you will know the first verse off by heart yourself, no doubt. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. The name Elohim is a plural noun having the masculine plural ending im. Now to prove this, look at Psalm um, 82. God, Elohim, has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods. Elohim, he holds judgment. Now, we'd all agree the second use of Elohim is referring to the plurality of the false gods, and yet the first instance of Elohim is written as the one true God. Now, you might think, well, that's probably because there isn't a singular noun for God, and therefore Elohim was the only choice, except there is. A lower is the singular, singular noun for God, and it is employed throughout the Old Testament. So, for example, but Jeshuun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, stout and, stout and sleek. Then he forsook God Eloah, who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. Let that day be darkness. May God Eloah above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. God Eloah came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. So the singular noun for God does occur. 250 times. But Elohim, the plural noun, is used 10 times that. Why not always make use of the singular if, if the Godhead is not plural in some form? Now, one objection is that Elohim is usually followed by a singular verb, 
when speaking of the one true God, whereas uh, a plural verb is employed when speaking of false gods. So, for example, Genesis 1, um, Genesis 1, 1 says, Elohim bara, God created. Now, the word created is singular, so it renders he created. However, our proposition is that the Bible describes one God of three persons, and therefore we would expect a general pattern of plural noun followed by a singular verb. Um, now, having said that, there are examples of Elohim followed by a plural verb. So, take a look at this. Genesis 20, 13, and when God, Elohim, caused me to wonder, it literally means they caused me to wonder. Genesis 35, 7, because it was there that God, Elohim, revealed himself. Literally translated is they revealed or they appeared to him. 2 Samuel 7, 23, God, Elohim, went to redeem. Literally translated, they went to redeem. Psalm 58, 11, surely there is a God, Elohim, who judges they judge. Plural pronouns. Turn back to Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let us in our, after our. Plural pronouns. It makes perfect sense when you understand the Godhead to encompass three persons. And there's more. Then the Lord God, Yahweh, which is his name, Yahweh Elohim said, behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And the Lord Yahweh said, Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. Then we have this uh, really interesting construction of the verse in um, Isaiah 6. It says this, And I heard the voice of the Lord Adonai saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? There's this use of I, which is singular, and then us, which is plural, which kind of sounds contradictory, contradictory unless you understand, as Christians do, that there is plurality in unity. One God, three persons. And you don't have to be an expert in biblical Hebrew to see this. Now, I'm glad that, that scholars can confirm it, but our English translations are good, and you can see it as clear as day. Now, plural descriptions. Now, where research in the Hebrew uh, can help is taking a look at the nouns and adjectives. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember also your creator. Literally means creators. Psalm uh, 149.2, Let Israel be glad in his maker. Literally, makers. Um, Joshua 24.19, Holy God is literally translated holy gods, plural. Isaiah 54.5, for your maker is your husband, makers, plural, husbands, plural. It's all in there. Are you familiar with the Shema? It's the, the Jewish prayer and great confession. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Amen. We agree the Lord Yahweh is one. Now, this passage doesn't contradict our proposition. It, in fact, affirms it. The Hebrew word used for one is ikad. Ikad is not a numerical one, but in fact a compound one. Yakid is the word used in scripture for absolute unity. But here in the Shema, not Yakid, but Ikad is used. 
Now, let me show you. Turn to Genesis 1. Um, and there was evening and there was morning, the first day, the first ikad. The day compromises of evening and morning, and together they are ikad. Uh, turn to the next chapter, um, verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one ikad. One flesh, ikad flesh. The person of the man in unity with the person of the woman become one ikad. The three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together are joined in unity. Ikad. Shema Yisrael Adonai Elenehu Adonai Ikad. Although actually it's Yahweh Elenahu, Yahweh Ikad. Um, it's just that the, the Jewish tradition, they uh, use Adonai so they don't mispronounce um, Yahweh. But Yahweh is, is one, is Ikad. And um, I've witnessed my Jewish friend who is a follower of Jesus explain this to an Orthodox Jew in Jerusalem. And uh, he looked at us like, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> and it's interesting for us Christians too. The more we dig into the scriptures, and the more I'm amazed by it. Um, look at Ezra 2. The whole assembly together, Ikad, was 42,360. The ESV is translated Akkad as together, right? That would make sense. The body of Christ is Akkad, multiple persons joined together in unity as one. Um, Ezekiel was told by God to take two sticks and join them one to another into one stick, that they may become one Akkad in your hand. The sticks represented the northern and southern tribes of Israel coming together as Ikad. The chosen people of God will one day become Ikad again. Multiple chosen people of God joined together in unity to form a whole. When I was uh, putting this vlog together, I was uh, considering the word community and uh, I wondered whether it was um, kind of broken up into comms and unity, like comms short for communication and uh, plus, plus unity. Uh, so communication plus unity equals community. Now, uh, that might not be the correct root word, but it's an interesting play on words uh, at the very least. Now, by the way, when it says our God in the Shema, it is in the plural. It literally means our gods. So uh, that's the Shema. More than one person of God is seen in the same passage. Look at this verse that reveals two persons in relationship that are called Elohim. Psalm 45. Your throne, O God, Elohim, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, Elohim, your God, Elohim, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. So the first instance of the person of God, Elohim, is being anointed by the second instance of the person of God, Elo Elohim. So we understand it as God the Father anointing God the Son to receive his everlasting throne. The plurality of God is there in the passage. Now take also Hosea 1, but I will have mercy on the house of Judah and I will save them by the Lord Yahweh, their Elohim, their God. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. Now bear in mind that this is God speaking. So the person of God will save them by another person of God, Yahweh, their Elohim. 
We also see the name of God applied to two different persons. Then the Lord Yahweh rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord Yahweh out of heaven. The first mention in this verse is a person of Yahweh who must be in close proximity to the earth and is raining judgment from the second mention of the person Yahweh who is in heaven. So we understand this as the Son, the pre-incarnate Jesus, who ordered the judgment which comes from the Father in heaven. Now again in Zechariah 2, For thus said the Lord Yahweh of hosts, after his glory sent me to the nations who plundered you, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Behold, I will shake my hand over them, and they shall become plunder for those who serve them. Then you will know that the Lord Yahweh of hosts has sent me. Did you catch that? Yahweh being sent by Yahweh for a specific purpose. Now, identifying the Father, Son, and Spirit. Only three distinct personalities are identified in the scriptures as divine. The first is the most common reference as the Lord Yahweh, the Father, the first person of the Trinity. The second is the angel of Yahweh, which we, we recognize as the Son, the second person of the Trinity. Now, the angel of Yahweh is distinct from all of the angels who are created beings. If we turn to Genesis 16, the angel of Yahweh is the one who speaks to Hagar. We read, the angel of the Lord, Yahweh, also said to her, and then in verse 13, the same angel of Yahweh is Yahweh. It says, so she called the name of the Lord, Yahweh, who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing. Exodus 23 houses a very interesting passage. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. Now, this is not a typical angel. This angel sent by God is able to pardon sin which only God can do. Yet he can because God's name is in him. Yahweh is in him. Yahweh is saying the angel of Yahweh is Yahweh. So pay special attention to him. The third distinct person is Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of God, who makes an appearance in just verse 2 of the Bible. And the New Testament calls the third person the Holy Spirit. Now, some falsely teach that the Holy Spirit is, is the power or energy of God, but not a person. Now, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit in a way that is personal and relational. So, for example, the Holy Spirit teaches and reminds. He speaks. He makes decisions. He feels emotions such as grief and outrage. He can be lied to. He can forbid speech or prevent action. He searches everything and comprehends the thoughts of God. He apportions spiritual gifts. He helps. He intercedes. He has a mind. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He bears witness about the Son of God. He glorifies the Son. Now, clearly, this cannot be an emanation of God, but rather the third person of the Godhead. From the scriptures, we see three distinct persons of God. 
the Lord Yahweh, the angel of Yahweh, and the Spirit of God. We see all three persons in the same passage. In Isaiah 48, one of the persons of God is speaking, saying, Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth. And then a few verses later in the same passage, he says, And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. This is the Son of God declaring he called Israel. He was the agent of creation. He was sent by Yahweh, and so too his Holy Spirit. Three distinguishable persons, the Father, Son, and Spirit in the same passage. In Isaiah 63, we see the three persons again in the same passage. Steadfast love of the Lord Yahweh, in verse 7. The angel of Yahweh, of his presence, saved them, verse 9. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Spirit of the Lord gave them rest, in verse 10 and 14. The Father, Son, and Spirit, all active and given credit in the Exodus events. The New Testament affirms and continues the concept of the Trinity. Jesus, the Son of God, said, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And when Jesus was baptised, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And there are many more examples. Now, in conclusion, uh, I want to quote Dr. Frutenbaum. He says this, The first person is consistently called Yahweh, while the second person is given the names of Yahweh, the angel of Yahweh, and the servant of Yahweh. Consistently and without fail, the second person is sent by the first person. The third person is referred to as the spirit of Yahweh, or the spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit. He too is sent by the first person, but is continually related to the ministry of the second person. I'll put a diagram on the screen which uh, may help in your understanding It is the essence of who he is. We may not fully understand God's ways and his descriptive terms, but it's how he has chosen to reveal himself to man. Now, we don't get carried away thinking, well, if one's the father, one's the son, that means one must have been born and where's the mother? No, right? These are words to help us comprehend the relationship within the Godhead. Now, all three are God who have eternally existed. And when you think about it, if the concept of the Trinity is untrue, then who was loving before creation? Who was communing before creation? It makes sense with the concept of the compound unity allowing 
for a plurality in the Godhead. Now, this isn't a case of flipping Judaism on its head. Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. The triunity of the Godhead is Jewish. It's all there in the Hebrew. The New Testament simply expounds on the mysteries of the Old Testament. Jesus, the Messiah, was and is Jewish. He revealed himself in angelic form in the Old Testament and then humbled himself to come in human form in the New Testament. He fulfilled the prophecies of his first coming and will fulfill the rest of the prophecies in his second coming when he returns to Jerusalem and resurrects the Davidic throne. To the Jewish people listening, I would say this, the second person of Yahweh was the one who walked in the Garden of Eden, the angelic figure who was your saviour in the Exodus, the one who was with you in the wilderness. He came as your king, but most rejected him. And yet he has not forgotten the promises he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the words of the prophets. He is the one who will come from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran, and his splendor will cover the heavens, and you will accept him as the rightful heir to the throne, and the earth will be full of his praise, and your nation will be exalted throughout the earth. He is Yahweh, and his earthly kingly name is Yeshua.